0: No one's better than me. But. Yeah. Let's go. Blow yeah. Welcome everybody to the Tuesday, June 9th, 2020 edition of Locked On Dolphins, brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com has an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and welcome to this edition of Power to the Pod. It's your show today. We're talking about the things that are compelling to you, the things that you want to talk about regarding your Miami Dolphins. And you guys brought the heat today. I rem- have more Podcast questions via review than I can remember having in any of the editions of Power to the Pod, which I'm very thankful for. And also great questions from uh, the Twitter audience. Very good representation. We had close to 50 questions this week. Can I promise I will hit them all? No, I cannot. Here's what I will do. If I do not hit your topic, odds are it will be covered over at dolphinswire.com. I'm the managing editor there for USA Today. Uh, keep an eye out on Draft Dudes. Keep an eye out at thedraftnetwork.com where I'm an NFL Draft Analyst. I will be taking advantage of some some written opportunities to cover your Miami Dolphins in addition to the coverage that you get here on Locked on Dolphins. I saw this question come through uh, from a couple of different people as it pertains to personnel and the style of the offense that the, the Dolphins are going to play. It comes from Jesse Ellefson, who left a five-star review on Sunday, the show. Thank you, Jesse. How does a quick strike RPO offense with Tua running the show affect the stats and targets of outside receivers like Preston Williams and Devontae Parker? Uh, I would say maybe think of, of this offense less quick strike. I, I'm not sure if you're referring to like quick timing uh, as compared to big plays, explosive plays, that kind of like quick scoring, quick strike. But the offensive concepts that, that Miami has and, and where Gailey's offenses have had success are with bigger wide receivers uh, because they can, they can bully you, impress at the line of scrimmage, and they can use their physicality. So um, there's no shortage of ways to accomplish the same task on the football field. The Dolphins, you'd ideally like perfect balance and people that can do everything and do everything well. But you can get off press a number of different ways. You can be lightning quick and create separation that way, but you can also create separation with physicality.'s what Brandon Marshall did so well for so long. And Brandon Marshall is an example of a wide receiver who had success under Chan at a 1,500-yard receiving season under Gailey's watch in New York with the Jets. So for Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Preston's going to have to continue to develop from a technical perspective as far as defeating press coverage and, and winning at the line of scrimmage. I think Devontae Parker's got all the goods, and he's now got some confidence under his belt that I think he can shine Uh, defeating press coverage. He is big and strong, and you saw him dominate the catch point as well. So I I don't necessarily think having a quick game or or horizontally spacing the field and then going into a lot of quick reads for the quarterback is something that's going to water down uh, the targets and volume because I also think Chang'e likes to feed his best players the football, if that makes sense. A good question from Big Dane here on Monday, five star review. Thank you. Would you rather have a dominant offensive line or dominant defensive line? When's <sighs> the last time Miami had either? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would probably, I would probably defer to a dominant offensive line because there's nothing more demoralizing than knowing if you can get a stop and get the ball back, you have a chance, and the other team just disregards you. Runs the ball down your throat. You can't touch the opposing quarterback. He's standing back there flat-footed in the pocket because you can't get to him. I think it's more demoralizing to have a dominant offensive line that can just remove you against your will. So I would lean towards offensive line. Finns man, 72. Left this on Monday. Finns fan for 50 years. Attended every home game, 1970 to 1998. Uh, Sir... God bless you. You've experienced the full gauntlet of of Miami Dolphins fanhood. And I almost wonder how much more challenging that makes what has transpired over the last two decades because Finman's question is, when will I see the glory days of my Dolphins again? I like the team, the direction the team is moving. I agree with you. I think that the direction of the team is very promising. But I can't imagine being a Dolphins fan since '70, and experiencing, especially if you start in '70 and you experience the undefeated season and back-to-back Super Bowls and the mid-'70s dynasty that got torn apart when all the uh, the skill players left for a, a league that didn't even make it through a full season with Memphis and Sanka and Kick, I shudder to think what could have been for the Dolphins in the '70s. Sir, I was you you attended. Eighteen years worth of home games before I was put on the face of this earth. Would love to talk with you. When will the glory days return? I hope soon. Uh, I, I would. I'm at the point as a fan, right, where I was ten when the Dolphins last won a playoff game. I would settle for playoff purgatory. I've, of course I won a championship, and we have some questions coming, uh, including a good one that includes our friends over at Bilt Bar, uh, regarding the Dolphins' success and what I would give to see it. And I would give anything for a Super Bowl. But after what my entire adult life has been comprised of, I'd just love to see, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll win, we might lose in the divisional round. The early 2000s Dolphins. Take me back to those days, because from my perspective, those were the glory days. I couldn't fully appreciate Dan Marino when he played, so I think that may, that's a challenging... I could see why there are Dolphins fans who have been around for longer, who are almost more cynical and disenfranchised, because they tasted what the good stuff was like. I, I can't relate to that. Johnny Raider. Hope I said your last name right, dude. Uh, power to the pod question. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, NFL has an expansion draft for 2021 based on the 2002 expansion draft rules. Who are the five Dolphins players you would make eligible for a expansion draft for an expansion franchise? That's a great question. You know what, Johnny, that might be a topic for tomorrow. Man, because there's a lot of strategy that goes into that. I'm going to do your qu- your question tomorrow, Johnny. Because I want to I don't want to gloss over that answer and I I want to do some preparation to make sure I give you uh as in-depth of an answer as I can. But that's a great question. So D- Dab Marino five star review of the pod left 11 hours ago. This is the most recent one that's showing up on my tunes. So if you left one recently and it didn't show up, please know that the one from Dab Marino is the most recent as I'm recording this at 10:15 on Tuesday morning. Love the show. Thank you. Big if each wide receiver is close or hits their max output this season. Do we address the position in 2021? And if so, where do we get better? I would like to keep Albert Wilson if he bounces back this season. <sighs> man, I still think Albert's the kind of the odd man out long term. Even if he does bounce back. Because his track record's not promising as far as staying healthy long term. Uh, Wilson, Kansas City let him walk, in part because they couldn't get consistent play out of him. He was consistently missing a handful of games. Uh, Comes to Miami, averages 15 yards per catch, over seven games. But he's he's missed four games, two games, played a full season, missed three games, then missed nine games, and then missed three games again. And he's always started double-digit games. He's always been a complimentary player. If you can save him for the right price, I can get on board, but at the same time, him and Jakeem Grant then feel redundant. I think the Dolphins need a little bit of speed. I know Jakeem Grant. I know Albert Wilson when he's healthy. That's the speed dynamic. That is what I would look for because especially in the RPO concepts, you need the physical guys who can win outside because they're playing on the line of scrimmage against press coverage outside. But traditionally, your slot receiver plays off the line of scrimmage, so he's got extra space to work, extra space to threaten a defender in his face, and extra room to release and not have to defeat press coverage. You could stack him behind somebody. He could be off the ball. You can put Gusecki up on the line of scrimmage and have him play off, uh, whoever that slot receiver would be. So if they were to have everybody play well, you know, Preston Williams comes back and he's healthy. And he plays well. Devontae Parker goes for 1,200-plus again this season. Gasecki 700 this season. Quarterbacks throw for 3,800-plus yards on, this, on the on year. I still think Albert Wilson... You, you can't bring back Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant after this year and not address it because I think you need... You need somebody who can stay healthy in that role because if you predicate your slot role on speed and you got two guys that can't play 16 games with consistency, what happens when they're both out? What happens when one's injured and he's not at full speed? Like you've compromised that entire component of that quick slant over the middle of the field running behind that linebacker when he sucks up on the RPO that Alabama had so much success with. So I think it's a difficult proposition to sell me on personally That if everybody plays well, we like what everybody did, we're just going to run it back. I would be looking to add explosive speed to that slot role. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, Alabama. Before we go any further, I'm going to talk to everybody at our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your front door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let us continue. To the Twitter machine we go. Uh, Carter would like to know, does Jakeem Grant have something to prove? I think so. Uh, I think Jakeem would benefit greatly from staying healthy and getting touches at a rate that is somewhere between six to ten touches a game, between returns if they elect to use him there, the receiving game, manufactured you know jet sweeps and, and bubble throws and that kind of stuff, turning it into a punt return. Uh, but Jakeem Grant, last year, touched the ball 28 times in the return game and touched it 23 times total on offense. So just over 50, touch, 51 touches for Jakeen Grant last year. 2018, he touched the ball 22 times from scrimmage, and he touched the ball 14 times on punt returns, and he touched the ball 18 times on kickoff returns. I mean, you start dividing this by the number of games he's played, and he missed two, six games in each of the last two seasons. The The volume and output is not where we would like it to be if we're going to count on Jakeem Grant to long-term be a fixture. And, and Jakeem's been in the league five, four years now. He's going on his fifth year. The most he's ever touched the ball offensively, offensive touches from scrimmage, was last year he touched the ball 23 times. And he had a career-low 7.3 yards per touch from scrimmage. He had four rushes for five yards. And he had 19 catches for 164 yards, 8.6 yards per catch. I definitely think he has something to prove. I'm rooting for Jakeen Grant. He's an excellent dude. He's a hard worker. He's super explosive. But I think the Dolphins would be foolish to put all their eggs in his basket long-term if they have the opportunity next offseason, to improve the supporting cast around their young franchise quarterback if he does not showcase he has that ability to do so this year. Dolphins Argentina. Takes on takes. So if you don't listen to Draft Dudes, which is my NFL Draft podcast, I do with Joe Marino, Buffalo Bills fan, unfortunately, but other than that, he's great. We do takes on takes every Tuesday, in which people bring their hot takes and I react to them. Dolphins brings a hot take. Dolphins will have two pro bowlers next season, one on offense and one on defense. Defensively, I think your best bet's Byron Jones. Offensively, Devontae Parker. Will that actually happen? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think the Dolphins are competent enough and, and relevant enough that they'll have some more attention and not just be, oh, the team's tanking. Call the competition committee. Start an investigation and take away their first round pick. Bunch of nonsense. David Brennan. If you could bring back one player from the Dolphins for a season in their prime, excluding Dan Marino, who would you pick? Okay. So this is kind of tied into somebody asked me uh, which Dolphin between Jason Taylor, Sam Madison, yeah, Raul, uh, which former Dolphins player would excel most in Coach Flores' defense and why Jason Taylor, Sam Madison, or Zach Thomas. I believe we talked about this last week on the show also believe I wrote about this. I know for a fact I wrote about this for DolphinsWire.com as well. Jason Taylor's the guy. If, you're, if your system can't fit Jason Taylor, you got a bad system. And Brian Flores doesn't have a bad system. Is he a prototypical hand-in-the-dirt defensive end? No, but he's going to play that strong outside linebacker role, the Van Ginkle, Vince Beagle role. He'll play that, and he will dominate. Jason Taylor, first ballot Hall of Famer. That, to me, is a, a, an easy answer, in my opinion. Uh, Kevin Hood, the Dolphins officially list Eric Rowe as a corner. Is there anything to that? Gruger uh, Hill has shown some, was shown doing some defensive back drills. Will Rowe be at strong safety, or will Kayvon Frazier battle for Gruger Hill for that role? I think Rowe, because Rowe came to Miami as a corner. So I don't think they necessarily just change his classification just for the sake of changing it. He's versatile. Uh, He's got the ability to play man-to-man coverage. He can play some outside corner, uh, not necessarily with great consistency. But you put him against less dynamic, bigger bodies, and he's shown he can stay sticky against tight ends. So I think you'll see a lot of the the Dolphins are going to have like an amoeba back end, right? Where it's like there's going to be very little clarity on the back end of the defense other than, like, your outside corners. They'll probably play a lot of cover one. They'll probably play some cover zero and pressure situations and play in your face. I mean, everybody thought that that long touchdown they gave up to Pittsburgh just before the half was a tank call when it was, it was like, engage eight, and they just didn't get a line properly to, to, to carry it. But that aggressiveness that they want to bring on a third and long, I think they will mix and match a lot. So I wouldn't read too much into Roe. I think your top defensive backs are your top defensive backs. You're going to have Jones and Howard on the outside. Igbo, starting to get people making fun of me in my northeastern accent for how I say Noah Igbohagany's first name. If that was not satisfactory to you, that's too bad. He's now officially Igbo on my watch. Okay? (laughs) So your peer pressure is getting to me. Igbo in the slot, Bobby McCain, Eric Rowe, Nick Neen was the primary backup corner. I think you know that that's what you'll see a lot of. And then obviously, if they want to go Nick, uh, big Nick, they'll go with Brandon Jones, third round pick coming in. Kayvon Frazier I think, will be more of a special teams ace, complementary backup, and can kind of be mixed and matched and sprinkled in. But I, I don't think they're going to play hard and fast with rules for designations. Uh, Jesse wanted to know, is there a guy on the roster that could take the place of Van Noy in maybe two years or three years? Perhaps a slim down Curtis Weaver. Jesse, he just got here, man. You're trying to kick him off the team already? Van Noy, what, he's like the second oldest player on the team? He's like 29? I know the Van Noy contract was aggressive, right? But it needed to be because, you know, coming from New England and obviously playing for Brian Flores is a big appeal. But a guy that has the versatility of Van Noy, who played a career year under Brian Flores, it's a critical add. And in a few years, that linebacker contract won't look so bad. They'll have gotten through the heavy guarantees portion of the contract. Uh, I, I, I don't think the team would be even considering at this point, it's still very early, and obviously, having just signed Van Noy, I do think Weaver is a little bit more of a raw hand in the dirt kind of guy. Uh, if they would have gone out and got like Zach Bond from Wisconsin in the draft, that would have been a player I would have pointed to to say, "Okay, you no know, maybe that's the succession plan long term for for Van Noy." But no, I don't. I think Van Noy brings a lot of added versatility uh, that makes him unique to the spot, and uh, I don't think they're planning or have anyone in mind that could replace him at this point in time. Uh, Reese Stark asked about potential 2021 free agent targets. Uh, haven't done the research and legwork there to speak intelligently on that, so that's, while that is a very good question, uh, I'm not going to get into that right now because I don't want to turn this into me researching on the pod. Um... Okay, Jay wants to know, will the offensive line look different with Tua under center versus Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to flip-flop anything. Um, I don't think they, they they need to necessarily. I know that it's a popular sentiment that blindside, pass protector, but God, we, we, you need two good offensive tackles in today's NFL. If you've got a liable, most, some like Von Miller's a good example. Von Miller rushes against opposing teams' right tackles. It doesn't matter what the matchup is. So if you're going against good pass rushers, like they'll find your soft spots. They'll come get you anyway. So I think the change from Fitz to two would be a greater dynamic if it was talking about receivers and catching the ball with a spin from a different quarterback. You know Jerry Rice, um, when they transitioned from Joe Montana to Steve Young, he said he was on the jugs doing like a thousand balls a day, just getting used because they they reversed the spin, so it was coming like it was coming from a lefty. And Jerry literally did a thousand balls a day on the jug machine, trying to acclimate to a left-handed quarterback. So I think that would be a bigger change and shift of attention for the Dolphins' offense than the offensive line. Uh, Scott wants me to discuss how to properly pronounce Igbo's name and Mike Geseki's name, Geseki, Gaseki. Yeah, we get to Penn State. I called him when I heard him at Penn State. I graduated from Penn State. So, uh, Danny Knox, looking forward to this time next year, what positions uh, we need to improve, either whether current roster potential and growth and development for agency of the 2021 draft? If we are planning on competing for it all, what do we need? Answers is the, the lame response I can give you, Danny. Uh, I think we need this offensive line to gel. Uh, I could see us maybe looking for another dynamic defensive lineman that can help disrupt throwing lanes and push the pocket and rush the passer from inside. Because uh, Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson, you know, they they fit this prototype to a T, but I don't think they're necessarily like super sexy pass rush ceilings. they're long armed, they're going to bat pass down the line of scrimmage. Um, but I don't think they're ever going to have potential to take over a game and, and change defensive or offense opposing offensive game plans. And if you can get a player like that on top of everything in the foundation that the Dolphins have set, that would be one thing I would point to. offensively need to make sure that you know I think we need a, a long-term answer at center. Ted Kerr signed a one-year deal. Uh, he was the backup in New England before David Andrews had the issues with his blood clot. So I, I think center, look at Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma is a name to watch. And I think we need some explosiveness, uh, creating more explosive plays with the ball in in people's hands quickly. I think if they can accomplish that. We're going to be in a really good place. We do have some great questions left, but not before I remind all of you listening at home that Built Bar has the best protein bars on the face of the planet. Not hyperbole either. These things are legit. And as a listener of Locked On Dolphins, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and save $10 off your first box and find out exactly what all the fuss is about. These things, whether you you want a meal replacement, post-workout meal, uh, they've got dark chocolate, all-natural ingredients, 110 to 150 calories, more protein than your typical protein bar, and one-seventh of grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. And just in general, they're life-changing. So find out what all the fuss is about. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On to save $10 off your first box. And make sure you let me know when you get a box so I can be a part of your first sampling. I would love to to get your impressions.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: Question from Gucci Bain. Say theoretically you have to take a starter from another team in the AFC East to start on the Dolphins uh, that would make both our opposing, our opposing rival better by removing the bad player and make the Dolphins worse. So what is the worst player I would be willing to add to the Dolphins from another AFC East team? Geez. Um, tell you what, I'll go with um, Marcus May, the safety from the New York Jets, because the team drafted Ashton Davis in the third round of this year's draft. Getting Davis in the true single high to complement Jamal Adams would be a win for the Jets, and I think Marcus May is enough of a good, good, true safety, that he would be an improvement for the Dolphins and free them up to move Bobby McCain around even more. So that's an interesting question, kind of like a loaded question, but I liked it. Uh, Chris wants to know what my favorite memory is as a Dolphins fan. I was born in 89. Uh, by the time I was retaining football memories, we're talking like, I remember the the Jaguars playoff game, probably the worst Possible first memory. No, I remember the the win against uh, the Bills in the playoffs. And I remember uh, the playoff win against Manning as well. So I do remember uh, a Marino playoff win. I know they also played the Seahawks the year they lost to Jacksonville and they won that game. And I remember the, the Dolphins' most recent playoff win, uh, which came in overtime against the Colts in 2000. I would say my best memory is probably Week 17 against the Jets to win the AFC East in 2008, especially because I was 18 at the time. We had all just endured 1-15 the year before. It was a magical season, and like I was old enough to appreciate what was going on. Kyle Smith, if the Dolphins called you tomorrow, and made you GM, as they should. I oh bless you. Uh, what would your first three roster moves be? That's a. I would probably try to gather extensions for Raquan McMillan and Devon Godshall within reason, try and set the market on those deals and not be reactionary and let those guys hit the open market and then try and negotiate. Um, And my last move is I would probably be calling up offensive guard Larry Warford and uh, getting him in the building. I'd be trying to secure that guy on a one-year deal or if he wants a two- or three-year deal, let's make it happen. Miami's got the money to make it happen. I think him at right guard... It really opens up uh, the Dolphins to solidify their offensive line. Those would be my first three moves. Two extensions and a free agent addition at offensive guard. Call it sexy if you'd like. Probably not. That's okay. Tone Toto. Choice of one. Lifetime supply of built bars or Miami wins only one Super Bowl in your lifetime. If you choose Miami winning the Super Bowl, no more built bars even for purchase. If you per- choose lifetime built bars, Miami will never win a Super Bowl in your lifetime. I am choosing the Super Bowl, no questions asked. You could put guaranteed Miami wins the Super Bowl in your lifetime for you to experience up against a vast majority of other experiences in life, and I'm going to take the Super Bowl. I'll tell you right now. If you want to try and find something, like let's be reasonable, but if you want to try and find something that I would take over a Dolphins, I would take a Dolphins Super Bowl over a million dollars. In a heartbeat. No questions asked. First of all, it helps I enjoy what I do. I like what I do. But cannot put a price on championship glory, especially after what the last 20 years have been like. Uh, Travis, you'll like this one, and you inevitably listen and get caught up. Uh, Aaron wants to know when Bilt Bar is coming out with a Blue Chew-flavored (laughs) Bilt Bar. Um, Guys, I'll tell you what. Dolphins win a Super Bowl, you'll never need Blue Chew again. We'll guarantee you that right now. Uh, Kevin, three questions. Take your pick: Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. I'm taking Kyler Murray. Sign a vet left tackle to give Austin Jackson a time, uh, some time to learn, like Jason Peters. I am all for it. If the financials end up working out, uh, would you be interested in trading for Malik Hooker? Fifth year option got turned down. I would. Uh, I think him as a single high, you know, if the Dolphins are going to play as much press as they want, getting a dynamic guy on the back end to play single high is a good appeal. I I know I'm sure the tackling questions with him would make him questionable for Flores. Can Flores feel comfortable and confident that he can get better tackling at him? Uh, That's an all-time question I don't have an answer to. But Malik Hooker, obviously from Ohio State, uh, former top 20 pick, I believe. Uh, Very, very good season at Ohio State that got him drafted early. Uh, But he's missed over 10% of his tackle attempts in each of the last two years and has, quite frankly, not been great in coverage on targets. Uh, He was targeted 19 times in 2018, gave up a quarterback rating of 111, targeted 25 times in 2019 at over 13 games, Gave up a quarterback rating of 123.7 and four touchdowns, but you want to buy low, like Dolphins have bought low in the past, and you know a couple of them have materialized, a couple of them have not. I think it's worth a roll of the dice. To be honest with you, couple more. I uh, really want to get these in because you guys got good questions here. Kevin Dern, in today's NFL with rookie quarterbacks often, but not always playing quickly. How long is long enough to evaluate a quarterback and either roll with that guy or look to move on? Yeah, um, a lot of times I think. The consensus that you'll get is you could tell pretty quickly uh, if a guy's got it or not. Uh, The trouble is how stubborn decision-makers want to be because they made the investment. The best thing you can do is not have an ego about it, and I think that's one thing that the Dolphins should be commended for as far as uh, the Minka Fitzpatrick struggles with wanting to use him in a versatile role and him not embracing it and Eric Rowe coming in and and playing better in the same assignments that they were trying to give Minka – uh, getting a maximum return on a guy, even though it's against conventional wisdom to trade a guy that played well, relatively well as a rookie and you used a top-20 pick on. Uh, doing what's best for the team, and in Tua's case specifically, I don't think he'll struggle with the mental side of the game, but I do think the durability. If he comes out and gets hurt, I wouldn't be surprised to see him take a day-two quarterback next year or... or I'll hang on to Rosen going into to 2021. And if he gets hurt in successive years, Dolphins are gonna have to ask themselves some hard questions. But I don't think it's gonna I don't think his struggles will be on the mental side of the, of the fence. Mr. 242, love the show. Thank you. I love you. Uh where do you think our defense will rank next season? And what's your favorite built bar? Oh, I gotta end on the built bar. Where do we think the Dolphins' defense ranks next season? Uh, They they play some teams capable of some fireworks, but they also play the Jets twice, and they also play uh, the Patriots twice, who I think will be a low-scoring offense this year. Play the Bengals. Play the Raiders. It's kind of doing the inventory in my head here. I think from a scoring perspective, they'll be top half of the league. I'll say top 15. Top 15 scoring defense from a yardage perspective. You see this team being stingy, man. I really can. The problem is I don't think the Dolphins are going to be a team that puts you in position to be one-dimensional. I think there are, because there's so much youth, I think they're going to be in position to play a lot of close football games. So it's not like they're going to get you out of your element and get you away from the run game and be able to tee off on you consistently. Uh, they would have to thrive in turnovers to do that. I think they'll be a top half of the, of the league team in scoring defense, or top 15 in scoring defense. I'll say top 20 in yardage. And I'll also say top 15 in turnovers. I know that might not be the most glamorous projection here, but with a lot of new pieces, kind of getting everybody acclimated, I feel safe with that projection. I think the ceiling would be top 12 across the board. I think they have the potential, if everything went absolutely right, to be top 12 across board. Favorite built bar. And I really like the, the chocolate banana cream. I wasn't super crazy about the cookie dough, but if you're into cookie dough, like it'll move the needle for you. That won't be good. I like the mint brownie. I like the chocolate raspberry. I like the uh, black cherry as well. I seem to gravitate more towards the fruit flavors. The mint brownie was the one exception for dessert. Uh, you got like a four-sided coin I can flip, <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you an answer. Uh, you, I, in my opinion, you can't go wrong with these fruit flavors. I think they're delicious. Thank you all so much. Oh, I, I feel bad for questions I didn't get to. There's more I wanted to talk about today on the show, but uh, let's look for some of these topics to come back throughout the course of the rest of the week here on Locked on Dolphins. Also over at dolphinswire.com, I'm going to take some more of these compelling questions that you brought to the table. This is really helpful for me. You know, I write five, six, seven things a day over at dolphinswire.com. So for you guys to bring a, a surplus of questions is going to, be, going to be good content to write about throughout the rest of the week as well. So keep an eye out over there as well. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening to Locked On Dolphins. I hope you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, and hope you come back and see me again tomorrow.